0: Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People, I'm Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a podcast tailored to people who are living with or affected by sexually transmitted infections. Uh, Given that it is STI Awareness Month, STD Awareness Month, um, I wanted to get in contact with as many health organizations or sex health related organizations as I could in order to help with them getting their messaging out there to the public and help the public be more informed about where they can find more resources for sexual health. This episode is with Healthy is Hot, STL. It's a St. Louis based organization that does what, ladies? Well, first off, let me introduce you. Um, Today I'm here with Mickey and Sabrina. Uh, We'll start with Mickey. Mickey, go on and introduce yourself. Hi,
1: I'm Mickey. I'm currently the co-president of policy and advocacy for Healthy is Hot. Um, and healthy is hot is a reproductive justice organization that was founded on slu's campus um and we are here to serve the slu students but also the midtown community um so thank you for having us on so we can start to serve the midtown community um and healthy is hot was founded at the beginning of this scholastic year um it that was our pilot semester um it was founded by Callie and amanda who saw um, a reproductive justice desert on SLU's campus and thought that they could help. And that's me, Sabrina.
2: Yeah, my name is Sabrina and I am the co-president of Access and Education. And so what we are really trying to do on our campus is destigmatize conversations about sex and healthy relationships and getting STI tested. That's one of the biggest things that we've really been trying to push and advocate for this past year, encouraging students to take advantage of the free and confidential resources that are in the St. Louis area.
0: Awesome. And one thing that stood out to me about you guys is that you both are college students. So you're running this organization and you're also in college. How old are you yeah. both?
1: I'm 22. I'm graduating in May. And um, I'm 20
2: and I'm a junior.
0: Okay, so when she leaves, you're going to be taking this over?
2: Um, Yes, and Amanda, who is one of the founders, Mm -hmm. she's coming back, so
1: she'll also um, jump right back on board.
0: Okay. Now, how did you two get involved with the organization?
1: So I spent my summer doing policy and advocacy work for um, a local health organization. Um, And I knew, you know, throughout my summer I was thinking about health access at SLU and there's definitely a disparity there, um, especially for folks who are sexually active, who want to be sexually active. Um, it's hard to find resources on campus. Um, so I kind of came back to school in August and was really either looking to start my own group or get super involved within a group. And Kelly and Amanda had a meeting, like I think our first weekend back, and that was it. I was hooked and wanted to get as involved as possible. So I started as VP of Policy and Advocacy, and now I'm president, co-president.
0: Okay, what about you?
2: Yeah, Um, so I always knew that I needed something social justice-focused to devote my time and energy, and SLU, um, as a Jesuit university, prides themselves in their social justice mission, but I personally didn't find that there was something that I was um, very passionate about that was on campus. And um, I met Callie through um, an employment opportunity and when I heard about what she and Amanda were doing, um, I was immediately drawn in and knew that I had to find out more. And with all of the success that happened last semester, it just seemed
1: very natural to transition into this position okay. and last semester was focused a lot on creating our operational um, avenues so just creating ways to distribute condoms to people like that's one of our main um, sources of outreach and also providing reproductive health for the SLU community um, so we focused a lot on that last semester because we just had to figure out like the best avenues for our campus and our students. Um, so, you know, we started by doing MSC deliveries, which is something that Sabrina does.
2: Yeah. So that's um, directly to student mailboxes. So we have a Google form that is live every week and it's on a rolling basis and students can access the link whenever and request um up to nine condoms some weeks depending and we distribute those directly to their mailboxes and it's confidential i'm the only one who sees their names um so they don't have to feel hopefully they don't feel nervous or anxious or
0: judged or exactly like right that. right yeah. Yeah. yeah i remember having to buy condoms like i would buy condoms and go to the store just for condoms and I'd also have to buy a soda. Right, I'd also right, have to buy right. gum. And then, like, I'd put the gum over the condom and, like, slide it. Yeah. It was it was just, like, a, a an embarrassing experience, and it shouldn't be. No, it yeah. shouldn't
1: be. And, like, that's, you know, we've learned a lot about how kids on our campus feel about condoms. Because not only do we do that in our departmental mail, but we try to do condom pop-ups, too, to hit students who either don't know about us don't have a mailbox on campus, um, you know, or just maybe are too embarrassed to fill out the form. Um, So we stand just off campus and we try to hit students um, heading to and from class and we just, like, throw as many condoms at them as possible. Um, Making it rain. Right, exactly. And that's a very interesting Activity to experience because you truly see how embarrassed people are to grab condoms, you know um, Yeah, so that's a very interesting thing that we've learned.
0: That is interesting. And why do you think that is Do you think that that's because of the Education that we're given about sex in general.
1: Yes, definitely um, I think if you didn't come from a high school that you know wasn't abstinence only, or you know wasn't a very sex positive school or health class. Um, it can be kind of off putting to just like see condoms everywhere out there. See, see us trying to destigmatize sex um, and having safer sex, and then especially at SLU, there we don't talk about sex. You know, um, we kind of talk about consent. But there's, you know, there's no conversation surrounding safer sex. So I think it's a little off-putting for kids who just aren't used to it.
0: I like that you use safer sex because there is no such thing as safe sex. Right. Um, one of the things that I talk about on this podcast often is safer sex being not only the use of various barriers but also communication and being able to be open with your partner about your own health, sex health status um, if you are living with a condition, disclosing, and being able, being open to the idea of a potential partner rejecting you. or. Accepting you for having your condition. So when you say safer sex, we're talking about um, Protecting yourself from contracting an SCI or even potential pregnancy right, yeah. And um, I think that that kind of carries over into the consent realm because we're talking about safety And we're also talking about uh, being in what is it sexual? Assault Awareness Month as well. Okay, so I wanted to make sure that I at least got to touch on that as well. But um, what do you guys find, college students being on campus, uh, a campus that doesn't talk about sex much, Mm -hmm. what are you finding, uh, how are we able to get the message of consent out there?
2: Yeah, so there's definitely a dichotomy in the way that um, SLU presents their information because we see... The consequences of sexual assault. We see how administration addresses those instances, but obviously there's a huge disparity in talking about consent, everything that happens before, and then sexual assault. So there's this giant gap where we're not having conversations, we're not talking about what healthy relationships are, what healthy sexual relationships are, and I think that that is an injustice to the students on our campus.
1: Right, and I think you want to, as students, you know, in college, surrounded by only students, primarily, um, you want to be able to rely on your college, your administration, and your peers to create a community of consent. Um, And yeah, I just, echoing Sabrina, it's so hard to create that community if you are not having direct and clear and open and healthy conversations about consent um and something that we try to do um is in our safer sex kits which i have one here super exciting <laughs> for a podcast but um we do put a little consent um okay. thing in there so as well. so
0: what's in here we've got a couple condoms right right, right. and Lube, it says if we have it consent is not implied, is not a free pass, requires verbal affirmation, is freely given, is ongoing, can be retracted, and is mutual, and is always necessary. Yeah. How did you guys come up with this definition of consent?
2: So I was looking through various um, websites, so looking at um, sexual health organizations, but also looking at what slew talks about consent and um just making sure that the definition that we're giving is holistic and
1: isn't in any way victim blaming mm-hmm. because it's also um you know it unfortunately is still murky you know it's yeah. it, it's
0: it's a huge gray area
1: it's always going to be a gray gray area um just because you can change your mind you can as it says it can be retracted you know so it's um and like yeah so it's we wanted to try to create a inclusive definition of consent
0: got it now I read consent is going ongoing that's not where someone says yes like if I'm in a relationship and we have sex once we always have sex when you say it's ongoing you mean we can you have to like Continue to get consent? Yes. Right. Okay, right. got it. Because yeah. I read that and I was like, wait a minute. I swear I've read something that said it's not ongoing.
2: I think I'm ongoing for that is that checkpoints need okay. to be got along it. the way. okay yeah. Yeah. I just wanted
0: to make sure that was clear because yeah. I said it and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, what do you think? That's fine. You guys are important I'm and sorry. busy. You're fine. <laughs> what do you guys think we need to do to get more conversations about consent? Like, I know that you guys are doing everything you can. Like, it's on, it's literally on the sex kit Mm that you guys are putting together and distributing to uh, students freely. (laughs) All the bloopers. (laughs) You're fine, you're fine. Uh, Miki just spilled her drink. It's okay. Happens all the time.
1: Oh my God, I'm so sorry.
0: Actually, that doesn't happen all the time. (laughs) I I said that. (laughs) But, um... Who do we who do we talk to? Like, how do we get consent to be at a point where we at least shrink down the gray areas so that it's more defined? uh, It's more defined and more more clear, because I don't think that there's ever going to be a point where consent is this. Like if we have a conversation and I say yes to sex, this means we can have sex. And then like that's the end of it, because, as you said, we could be. Uh, having sex, and then consent can be taken away at any given point in time. So what do we do? Who are we talking to here? Do we need to get more conversations with the men or the women, or do we need more conversations with uh, on campus, more from the administration or the students?
1: So um, I think it's with, you know, I don't think it's a gendered issue. I think it's like, um, again, a conversational issue. So like, the more people I think are exposed to the fact that you can have this conversation and this conversation is necessary and is important and it is so nuanced that you can retract it at any point and checkpoints should be set, set up. I think um, if that discussion is a candid discussion and is a healthy discussion, um I think that's like a huge step forward in empowering everyone in you know any sort of sexual relationship to be thinking about consent and making sure they're asking and giving and um, just being safe for themselves. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, one of the things that I'm learning through this podcast is when I talk to a lot of different people in non traditional relationships, is that the communication is much more open. People who are in open relationships, polyamorous relationships, they have these kinds of conversations about consent. Uh, there's negotiations, what's okay, what's not okay. But that community is not, I mean, given that it's non traditional, it's frowned upon to be a part of that, but they're doing what needs to be done like though we can take a lot from the community uh the non-traditional communities what they're doing with sex if that makes sense right so are you guys struggling to get the messaging do you think that there's a barrier between the messaging of non-traditional uh beliefs about sex in the community where sex ed isn't even really provided
1: Wow.
0: Um, That's a big question. Yeah. (laughs) So let me break it down and ask one by one. So first question is, what would be one of your, what are some of the challenges that you face in, I don't want to like throw slew under the bus here, but at a college that doesn't talk about consent really, or even sexual health or just chooses to uh, go the abstinence route or the prevention route. How do you guys get the message? How are you how are you fighting to challenge that?
1: So we um, are not actually a organi- organization that's affiliated with do the campus. Do I need campus. to
0: stop this?
1: No. Oh okay. No, no. no. Um, it's just it's you know This is a really... um, I don't
0: want to get you guys in trouble. No, no. It's kind
1: of like a dicey... Or not dicey. It's just a detailed subject. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're not an organization that's affiliated with SLU, right? So we're not Healthy as Hot for SLU or of SLU. Um, But we are here to serve the SLU community. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we are not allowed on campus. We're not allowed to distribute on campus because condoms aren't allowed on campus. So that's why... Yeah. That's why earlier I said, um, so for example, you know, like I feel like at state schools, there are giant bowls of condoms in every res hall, right? That is not a thing at SLU. You have to go off campus to get your like sexual health things. Um, so that's like a barrier that we face. Um, but we still want to serve the SLU community. So Mm -hmm. we do, kind of post up just off campus um to hit slew students with safer sex kits. Um and we are still students, so we do still have like the rights of students. Um and if you know as long as we're being respectful to the university's poly policies um and we're not like okay healthy is hot is just gonna be on campus now and we are just gonna have condoms like we are still we still have the rights to um, act kind of accordingly to the student handbook. Um,
0: So, like, you'd be able to um, get your messaging out there to a certain extent? Like, there are certain things you can and can't say, there are certain places you can and can't be? Yes. So,
2: we have had the privilege and opportunity to speak with Greek Life chapters on campus because they are not funded by the university. They're funded by their national heads. Mm -hmm. So, we are able to go speak to them... um, talk about what we're doing. Um, This past semester, we went in and gave presentations on consent and healthy relationships and being an advocate for yourself in a relationship. Um, And we were also able to distribute condoms there, which was amazing because that's a large population and people that are in leadership positions that have influence. And we hope that the information that they learned from us, that they are sharing with their friends.
0: Mm-hmm. So you guys are going into not only sororities, but also fr- fraternities. Yes. yes. Okay. How is it going into the fraternities? Because you're talking to guys about consent. You're talking to them about condom use. What What's that environment like?
1: So um, it's, you know, we try to go in with the same messaging. I mean, we do go in with the same messaging um, because I feel like we need to break the stigma that... Um, you know women are the victims you know of sexual assault or like women you know or it's the men's responsibility to provide the condom right like it's we're not only talking about heterosex you know when we talk about healthy sex and healthy relationships um so and so again we do try to go in with the same messaging to try to break down that stigma um and everyone is incredibly receptive, right? Like we were talking last semester, we were promoting our STI testing event day. Um, and we got like a great response with every organization that we, you know, as individual students told them, you know, about or promoted our event too. Um, and this semester, everyone was very excited to have us trying to breach the conversation of consent and at least just bring up the fact that it is, you know, a nuanced idea. And um, but it is something that we need to talk about. Um, definitely, definitely. So it was I mean, it's been a great partnership to have.
0: Are they I'm curious, are people asking questions about consent? Because with there being such a great area, I'd hate for it to be one of those things where you guys go in and your definition of consent, given all of the information that's out there, I'm sure it's not 100% con- uh, consent, <laughs> con cons- consistent. Right. Right. <laughs> but- I would hope that people are listening to you guys and hearing what consent is from you and then asking more questions or furthering their own or doing more research on their own. Is that what you guys are finding to be the case? Are you getting questions when you speak to these organizations?
1: Um, I think we are, we, when we were making our presentation, we were concerned that we weren't going to get questions. So we tried to have a lot of, at least a few different times where we ask the audience there you know for participation which is always interesting um so my favorite part of our audience interaction is when we ask what their idea of consent is not um
0: that's an interesting angle
1: right so we get a lot of like okay consent is not you know, someone accepting a drink that you bought them. Consent is not what you're wearing. Consent is not if you've been flirting with someone the entire night, you know. Um, That has been my favorite part of speaking with these Greek life organizations and everyone that we've spoken to about consent. Um, Because it's just like a totally different way to have the conversation and to think about, you know, consent. Consent and it's an easy way to relate it to your life too. Um, because a lot of us have been in situations where we're like, um, I guess I'll accept this drink, but like, I'm concerned that this means someone else to this other person than it does to me, you know? Um, so it's just a different way to, um, empower students, have the conversation and to make sure people are thinking about it in a healthy way. Yeah. And I think that, the
2: setting of Greek life chapters is a very safe space. Like these people have been together, you know, for at least a year, if not more, if they're older and the bonds and like the sisterhood and the brotherhood that they have between them feels incredibly positive to us as presenters when we're there and we can see that they're engaging conversation with each other already Mm -hmm. because you know, they trust these people. These are their friends. They're always with them and um, they're going to help each other out. So that's yeah. something that is very uh, reassuring.
0: One thing that I'm a little concerned when we spoke, you guys said that uh, the reason that you can speak with Greek Life is because they're not uh, funded by SLU itself. Yes. But like the athletics department, there's a lot of. there are a lot of situations where athletes find themselves in trouble and it I completely believe that it's because there's not very much education on consent Um, when I played sports the conversation was wear a condom it was uh, you know no means no Mm -hmm. and that was it like so there's this clearly defined area in my mind at this point in time that if she says no it means no but anything else is a go essentially because all right you know if i buy you a drink that could be considered consent oh she took the drink it's like you're giving me constant yeses throughout the night Mm. and then come the end of the night i don't have to ask because you've been saying yes the entire night so we're going on and we're going about our business and that puts us in a situation now where consent wasn't given for sex but in my mind she didn't say no and i think that that's something that is getting a lot of athletes in trouble because there is no "Are you okay with this? Um, are we having sex?" However, you would even have a conversation. Like this, is still new to me mm-hmm. in terms of learning how to go about having that conversation or when it's necessary to have it or how to even bring it up. So, what I mean, what message? I know you guys can't talk to the athletes, but in okay. the event uh, this becomes a tool that an educational tool for athletic departments, even, Mm. you know, what, what would you want to say?
2: Mm -hmm. Um, So just a couple of things before addressing that question fully, I think that the best way to grow in a healthy sexual relationship is being uncomfortable. Being uncomfortable means that it should be talked about. Like if you can't talk about what you want out of a sexual experience, then you probably shouldn't be having it.
1: Right.
0: Um, That's a very good point.
2: (laughs) And then in terms of um, where we would like to see things with the athletic department, I know um, this past year there was quite a bit of discourse on campus and the athletics department this past month had a mandatory session for all of the male athletes talking about consent.
0: Only the male athletes.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that leads me to believe that there's a completely, there's, there's a lot of more, there's more gray area being corrugated because the guys are being told one thing and the women aren't being told anything in this particular case.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, and we're obviously not in the athletic department or heads of it or whatever. Um, so we don't know what is like truly happening and truly being talked about. Um, but one thing that I would, you know, back to your kind of example, right? Like you're buying someone drinks throughout the night. You're getting yeses from them, like accepting their drinks or accepting your offer to buy a drink, you know? Um, like, and what if she does say yes, but at that point, you know, she's drunk or, you know, she's like tipsy, right? Like that's where a huge gray area comes in, you know? And it's, it's not consent, right? Um, but I would say a few tools to use, um, for maybe those who haven't heard us speak before about consent is to ask, you know, your, your ask for consent doesn't have to be like, I need you to consent for, you know, right, right. You can be like, (laughs) it can be constant, constant, like, Hey, is this okay? Hey, do you like this? Hey, are you having fun? You know? And then on the flip side, if, you know, maybe someone's uncomfortable, um, a few good things to say is like, I I don't want to do that, but let's try this. Or like, I don't want to do that. It was really great to see you, meet you, whatever. Like, I hope we can stay in contact, right? Like there's ways to um, make that uncomfortable conversation less uncomfortable.
0: And it's a conversation that, it's a two-way conversation. It can't be, I would say, you know, I'm not going to be like, yeah, I'm okay with this. Like in in sales, for example, and I had this conversation with someone recently. Like in sales, you never want to give someone the opportunity to say no, so it's always, you know, you're you're strongly suggesting with statements, and if there's no reason for the prospect to say yes or no, then it's always going to be a yes because they haven't said no, and I think that the absence of specifically tying this into sex leaves us with whatever it is that's going on in our lives, you know, surrounding our sex life, like we're going to use those things that we do in our everyday life to go on into our sex life and have that, that's going to be the way we address it and have the conversation. So if we're not giving the opportunity for someone to say no, are we even requesting consent? Are we bringing it up at all?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great, That's a really interesting point. Like, if you're not even giving anyone the opportunity to say, you know, if you're not creating a safe space for consent, like, again, as Sabrina said, it should not be happening. Got it. And with your sales example, right, I think consent is just, you know, like, it is no until yes, right? It's kind of the opposite of what you're saying. I like
0: that. Consent is no until yes.
1: Do you agree? I I absolutely agree. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, we've, our healthiest hots pillars are, um, access, unity, education, and visibility. visibility. And so last semester we, you know, we handed out t-shirts, we did stickers, we did, well, we did buttons this semester, but we did, um, business cards. We did a lot of visibility. Um, we figured out, as I said, we set up our access avenues, right? So this semester, we kind of wanted to focus on education and unity. Um, So that's where all of these conversations about consent are coming from and like presenting into Greek chapters. And we've been posting a lot more on our education blog um, and talking to you with unity, like uniting, you know, Midtown and SLU. And so that's kind of where, how we've, morphed as a organization and we've still upheld our access and visibility pillars
0: I think that that's a great opportunity for you guys as well like when you get the outside community because it's not like SLU is just cut off at its borders and you know people aren't engaging with people out off campus or like there there's more gray area uh even within the gray area of consent Mm -hmm. like on what you guys can and can't do so It sucks that you guys have to operate outside of there where there's so much that needs to take place uh, within the community itself, like the student body. So I I understand the struggle that you guys Mm -hmm. are going through. So I'm really hoping to make this as useful as possible, not only for you guys, but for the other SLU students, for the administration who I'm sure there's someone who knows that this isn't right you know, and it's just, it's rooting for you guys from the sidelines or from the shadows, wherever they may be. Um, what are some of the challenges, well, other challenges that you may be facing that we haven't discussed or what can listeners do to get involved? Because a lot of our listeners are, in fact, in St. Louis, and, um, I know that you guys are going to distribute this on your website, but, like, how can, uh, the people who follow Healthy is Hot STL get more involved or help you guys?
1: So, um we are currently self-funded um so we would love for people to buy merch if they so choose to you know um we don't have that many expenses but you know envelopes add up and um, so that is one way but also just um you know we have content we have videos um on our facebook on our instagram one coming out and um, what are your
0: social media handles
1: um we are at healthiest hot dot stl on instagram and then healthy is hot on facebook um and we do a lot of educational materials on our instagram um that go to our facebook so if you know again or one of our unities is or one of our pillars is visibility, so like any shares, comments, likes on anything. Um, I try,
0: I try to like everything, <laughs> thank you.
1: Um, just it, it really helps kind of with our like legitimacy. And it helps, you know, if you like something and your mutual friend sees that you like it, they you know might be excited to come check out our page, right? And we just like ultimately want to be a resource. Um, so we do have a lot of access and education resources on both our instagram website and facebook um and so ultimately we just want to have people see that and read them and just see what we're up to
2: yeah and because the majority of our followers and support has come from just word of mouth Mm -hmm. um that's even more important because you know we can't fly around campus so a lot of our support has come from people who have just told their friends, hey, there's this really cool organization. And it's been amazing. The, uh, the response from the student body is so positive and it just validates what we're doing so much more and supports our mission. Yeah.
0: Cause I mean you guys like you're self-funded so those envelopes, the printer paper, the ink, yeah. uh, right. <laughs> all of that stuff like this is all coming out of your pocket so I appreciate the effort that you guys are putting in and uh, putting together the little uh, consent condom care packages for people uh, who otherwise may not use it like yeah. that's another thing that needs to be looked at here is okay if I don't have a condom and I'm in a situation where I need a condom I'm not going to turn down sex you know, so this is what you guys are doing is very useful and amazing. And I'm going to do what I can to push the messaging out there so that at least you guys can get more exposure. So I'd love to have you guys in a position where like, you need more people, you need more condoms to (laughs) get right. Right. And when you're able to present that to the uh, to the founders of the organization, then I think that we will have done, I feel like I will have done what I can. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And we just have to say that we wouldn't be an organization without the support and donations of so many things from amazing places. So our our best friends um, at the spot, Yes. so they are um, a testing center and they provide free and confidential testing. And that's where we refer um, all of the people that ask just because they have done so much for us and we want to give back to them. Um, mm-hmm. And they also provide a ton of condoms whenever we need them, educational things they're always on top of it, and... Um,
1: they're who we partner with for our STI testing events, um, and yeah, well, quickly back to one thing that you said, right? If if slew students don't have a condom, and when they're looking for, you know, looking to have sex, right? Like, that's a huge concern. We have some quick statistics about slew students, yeah, and Yeah, drop their... those knowledge bombs. I know, and their sexual habits um sabrina yeah so last
0: s- and this is slew based yes okay let's hear it.
2: yes so last spring a survey was done with 500 students and it was a voluntary sample and out of those 500 students 71 percent had been sexually active in the past six months and then looking at um, condom usage... and
0: 71% of students admitted they were sexually yes, active... Yes, right, that too. <laughs> right. And,
2: and yes, because these are self-reported scores, they might not entirely be accurate. So the next one is um, percentage of sexually active students having unprotected sex. So 48% of students said that they sometimes have unprotected unprotected sex, with 16% always having unprotected sex. So, like you said... Because these numbers are self-reported, people could have lied. They could have said, "Oh, well, I, I don't, I don't want to admit." I think admit. these
0: numbers are higher. Yeah, because it's like yeah. we're already in a very conservative community. And yes. It's like, well, what if someone finds out?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I
0: don't want to lose my scholarship, whatever the case may be. But what? What's most interesting? Like, keep in mind what those numbers were, and then go on to the next one you're about to say.
2: Yes. Um, so the percentage of sexually active students who have been tested for STIs is fifty three percent.
0: So more than half of the students who have taken this survey have admitted to not ever having been tested for STIs, and you see that more than half of these students have admitted to not even using condoms. So already we see that there's a problem there. And then the fact that we're not talking about it, this just stems and branches off into a completely different issue, one of the issues that resulted in the birth of this podcast. Yay!
1: Yay!
0: (laughs) but did you have more that you wanted to share?
2: Well, we were just also comparing it to national statistics for um, STI transmission. So, this is from the American Sexual Health Association, and they predict that one in two sexually active persons will contract an STI by the age of twenty five. So, our student body age right is the most at risk population. Right,
1: and our statistics show that right, like. Um you know, 43, percent of students said they only sometimes use the condoms, 16% said they never did, and then 49% of those kids have not been tested. So, you know, the likelihood of, you know, kids on our campus being a part of that statistic, every, you know, one out of two, um, is also why we started our organization, um, mm-hmm. well Kelly and Amanda did, because they saw that, they saw that, um, those statistics from our campus and then they were concerned. And so they started healthy as hot. And um, so last semester we had a testing event. We had 35, 38, 38 students walk from SLU Walker Drive, but the spot's close to SLU um, down the street to the spot. They got a free and confidential STI testing. Um, it takes 15 minutes at the spot. It's amazing. And this semester, in kind of conjunction with our um, Healthy Relationships Month in February, we had a the spot bring their mobile unit to campus, and we had about fifteen students like just walk by, get on the bus, and get tested. Um, okay. So we, you know, through Healthy and Healthy as Hot, hope to get as many students tested as possible.
0: Great. Is that it? Is that anything else you guys want to add to that?
1: Um no, follow us on Instagram <laughs> at healthiesthot. Er, s T L. Um, check out our website and What's the website? Healthiashot.wixy wixsite dot com. All right, Wix whoa, 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 site. we gotta
0: spell that one now. He-
1: so healthiesthot.wixsite.com. dot w i x s I T E dot com. Okay. You don't have we, we use the free You're getting wix. There. You guys are getting yes. there. You're yes. going to
0: get the funding. You're going to get yeah. the domain. Name. Everything's <laughs> going to be okay. Yeah,
1: but we have a lot of educational stuff on the, our website, too. So Good. Yeah.
0: Good. yeah. So um, you guys can sign off, say bye, if there's any other closing remarks you have.
1: I'm sorry for spilling my LaCroix. I was too excited <laughs> talking about consent and healthy healthy hot and healthy relationships. But thank you so much for having us. Um, I am Mickey. Yes, I'm Sabrina,
2: and thank you, Courtney, for having us once again. We appreciate this so much, and we hope that our mission resonates with your listeners, and also we're really excited to share what you're doing with our supporters also
0: yeah i appreciate that guys well thank you for coming on and i appreciate you guys again just for spreading the messaging that you are promoting safer sex and getting conversations going about consent because especially with everything that's going on right now uh, in the media this is very important it's important to be able to have these conversations as uncomfortable as they are you know being able to just talk about it and then go on to actually do something with it you know not just say not don't just talk about talking about consent let's talk about consent like let's actually utilize it and practice it um and you can even practice it in other things like do you want to eat taco bell (laughs) you know again not to play around with it but it's just that easy in practicing the better the more you do something the better you get at it Mm This concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. I can be found on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Reddit at H on my chest. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to, and like the podcast and share it with your communities, friends, family, whoever it is that can benefit from this information. It's very useful to people. I get messages on a regular basis from people who somehow stumble across the podcast and say that it has helped them with disclosing. It's helped them with finding testing centers. It's helped them with their relationships, who's helped them just get through their diagnosis of an STI. And this is not only for people who are STI positive, obviously. Um, As you can hear from this episode where we talk more about consent and what's going on on college campuses, um, this is just going to be a useful educational tool, a useful sex educational tool for everyone. Till next time, stay positive.